Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 134 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We're brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business on or offline, website design, Google ads, graphic design, even printing, we can absolutely help. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or our website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. You can request a free review of your online presence today. My name is Milton Campus. I am a black belt training out of South Florida. We got Bo and Christian behind the camera. Say hello, guys. Hola. Hola. Don't forget to like, comment, download, share, click that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate the support. Joining us today is Rob Ingram from McDojo Life. What up? Welcome, brother. I appreciate it. Second time on the show. First time was via yeah, Zoom. Yeah, well, I did the then, show the first time, and we did it digital. Yeah, yeah. And then you had such a cool setup. I was yeah. like, no, nah, I'm driving. So okay, I, like, I cool. literally got out of the car. <laughs> I drove five hours. Someone handed me coffee, and we got to it. What did so. you say? Did you say you just flown in from Vegas? You just coming back yeah, from Vegas? Yeah, like uh, two days ago, there was the MMA Awards. There was Karate Combat. And mm. then, of course, the UFC, but I missed the UFC. Mm. Um, but, Dan, my boy, Stephen yeah. Thompson, just... You're a karate guy, by oh man, right? of course, man. Heart, right? You know, like I, I gotta root for the sport karate guys. I gotta yeah. root for the Raymond Daniels and the Michael Venom Page, and yeah. you know, I mean, and people always take a crap on karate for some reason, but they like root for people who have black belts in karate. So like, it's we, the it's jujitsu people who shit on karate. <laughs> well, like I think it's mostly jujitsu yeah, guys that shit on every other discipline. Yeah, that's a problem <laughs> in our industry, man. Yeah. Like you know, keep your shit to yourself. Like, like when it comes down to martial arts, there's over 200 different versions of karate. Yeah. 200. Yeah. Like they'll be like, "Yay, Boz Rutten, karate sucks." You know, Boz yeah. Rutten has a Kyokushin black belt, yeah. right? Oh. oh Karate sucks. You know, GSP is a Kyokushin yeah. black belt. We can just keep going. Like, how many yeah. uh, black, how many title holders in the UFC were Taekwondo black yeah. belts? A shitload, sir. Yes. So people yeah. people talk crap all they want, but at the end of the day, do the thing that makes you happy. Uh, you know, I don't think that we should be crapping on other people just because they're doing something for a different reason than we do it. Somebody wants to lose weight. They go to a keto. They lose 30 pounds, get a gastric bypass surgery, and it saves their life. What's wrong with that? Who cares that they can't fight? Doesn't matter, yeah. you know. But as long as they're not lying, that's where I step in. And that's what we're gonna get to. So let yeah. me uh, let me do a couple of our reads here, and uh, and then we're gonna jump in with you. Okay. So give me a couple minutes. So we want to thank our friends over at Flow and Roll, hands down the best custom gi and no gi gear in the business. Don't believe us? Visit them on Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and check out their custom designs. They've been putting out stuff that they created over the entire you know uh, year, the 2023. Really cool to see all the different designs that they've done. We just did a new design with them that's going to come out. It's a it's a hobbyist design. It's kind of cool. Uh, go check them out. Again, at Flow and Roll on Instagram. Visit their website, flowandroll.com, and you get 20% off with code JJD. Uh, Leo Optics. Whoop. Oh, let me not knock shit over. Leo Optics. Where's the glasses? Okay. I, got, I, I brought them in too. Let me put them on. These are... I broke my other ones. They're sending me new ones. Actually, I didn't... Yeah. You know, Screw, screw came then, out. Screw it was like a out. blind there man in an orgy. Yeah, yeah. You were just trying to feel your way out. You know? <laughs> Leo Optics is a sunglass and apparel company specializing in signature bamboo glasses. I now, right, they do the little, uh, do they do the little, they give you the little I think uh, that's belt, dope, actually. Right? I like they'll, that. They'll do your, your actual belt so, rank. I've sent enough, you these before I to, had them. To kind of piggyback on that, like uh, Leo Optics actually was like one of the first companies to ever actually send me anything. So yeah. I have a pair at my house. Yeah. Yeah, that really was very cool. cool of them. Yeah. Lionel, uh, Lionel Turner uh, runs his company. He just got his black belt as well. So congratulations, congratulations Lionel. Yeah. So love these glasses. Everybody, anybody that knows Jiu Jitsu has been like, 
hey, but they, what are you doing with that? Why do you, you know, at Brown, but what do you do? And I, I was like, he just sent them to me. I didn't ask for it. Now I can officially wear them with pride. Uh, their passion is rooted in the jujitsu lifestyle founded in Southern California with products reflecting the BJJ lifestyle. Check them out at leooptics.com and use code JJD for 10% off. And all the sponsors that we're talking about today, if you go to our Instagram, you've got the little link tree. Click on the link. It'll give you a drop down and, and you can get to all these guys. Uh, thank you to BioPro Technology. This is a bioidentical alternative to human growth hormone. I do take this stuff. Um, take the quarter sleep at night. I take the regular one in the morning on an empty stomach. It's been amazing. I've actually seen a difference. I tell everybody I'm a walking boner now. Oh, yeah. at, at 50, not How's a bad, not a bad thing working. Uh, good, you know, to be a single walking boner now, a divorced walking boner, it, it, it's not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, you don't want to take <laughs> that before a kid's clash, you know, like it just makes the hugs awkward. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah wanna... let's, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I do take both of these. So, what is it helping with? Anti aging, metabolism, libido is, is really what it's, it's helped me for. And honestly, one of the things that I was really looking for again at 50 uh, immune system, skin, cognition, as well as sleep and stress relief. All of this with no needles, no side effects. You can check them out at bioproteintech.com. You get $30 off with code JJD on their regularly priced kits. Okay? All right. That's it. Rob. Me. Welcome again, <laughs> brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for reaching back out. I'm excited to, to talk about your book, to tell us a little bit more about that. But, uh, man, where do we start? We had you on when, I, th I think it was in the teens. I think like episode 18 or something. Yeah, it was way back in yeah. the day. It was, uh, it I was, was doing a it in my house. I was yeah. in my house at a... Our little bar stools. You were on the on the TV screen. Yeah. We did it ESPN style, which is very cool. Yeah. It was actually a really dope setup. Like, and I was I, I was kind of kicking myself that I didn't just drive down. And yeah, you offered then to. And then, I, were there was uh, I don't know if that was kind of was it the beginning of COVID it was I know it was when like, I was in that it was house before. You know, it, was it was right like before yeah, COVID, COVID was coming around, which sucked ass yeah. um, during COVID. You yeah. know, but now that that's done for now, I guess. Or does he just put the pause button on? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we'll isolate you all again later just yeah. for now that was a test yeah and <laughs> the first one was a test you know what really sucks is like have during covid uh you know they you had to wear the masks and i i clearly have medical issues you can look at my face son and so like that when you wear a mask in florida humidity it's like being waterboarded so yeah. i couldn't breathe so i went to um bush gardens for the very first day they opened back up okay. very first day they opened back up after covid and of course they still had the mask guidelines they only allowed X amount of people in the park and mm -hmm. I can't breathe. It's hot. Yeah. So like I go sit down someplace and some lady walks up and she, uh, uh, she's walking past me and I'm holding the mask on one ear, you know, like yeah. just so I could breathe and I'm put it back. Well, as I do that and I go to put it back, the lady's like, put your mask on. And in my head, I was like, if we weren't at a child theme park, I'd be like, bitch, I can't breathe. Yeah. But I waited. I was like, okay. I waited for her to walk away and then I went to go breathe again. I shit you not. She walked back around the corner to tell me to really? put it back on. Yeah. Like, but she got real close. If you were this concerned about this major issue that is bothering you, why are you so close to me? The, like that will never, uh, my opinion, it'll never happen. It'll never go down that same way in this country again. I mean, it's just too much. Now everyone's going to be like, nah, uh, uh, like fool me <laughs> once, all right? You're not going to get me on. I was, I was, uh, if you want to call it lucky, I blew out my knee the day before was I was lucky? actually quarantined. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It kind of was. If there was a time to blow out my knee, it was the day before I was actually going into quarantine. Like, it was official. I think it was, like, March. It was just, like, my company that I was working for at the time was just, like, we're staying home. We're going to work remotely. So, for the majority of that time when it was, like, you really had to mask up, I was working at home. I couldn't train, so I wasn't wearing the mask. And I left to, 
I was, you know, got Instacart and I'm ordering my, gro like, I didn't have to leave the house. So I was very rarely in a mask. My, my wife never stopped working. So mm. she was in a mask every day. She's like, I love it. I don't have to put on makeup. I put on my mask and go to work. <laughs> you know, she was in a mask. I, I don't know how you, know, you do it. I, when I, I would put it on, it would it I got to rob so many liquor stores. <laughs> I mean, it was just a free for all. You walk in, no one's like, why is that guy in a mask? And I'm like, give me your money. And they were like, oh, you, you got me. We didn't see that crazy, coming. Right? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, back now, in the day, you saw that. You'd be terrified. You'd be like, why is this person in my store right now? All shady. When I do see somebody wearing a mask now, I'm just like, <laughs> is there like outside? Walking down the street. Hey, I say you in the do car you, by man. yourself. You know, I, I say you do you. Just don't yeah. make me have to do you. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to live my life. You could do whatever you want to do. Just don't force me to do anything. Like I felt so bad. Like during that time, I was doing free uh, business consulting for martial arts schools, free because mm. so many had no clue how to pivot because of all the rules and regulations, mm. um, and most had no clue how to utilize digital marketing, social media. They had no clue how to do any of that, and so they were about to tank. Um, and so I was just like, all right, guys, my job is useless if all of you close. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I got you free consulting. And mm. I was, I mean, I was spending eight, nine hour days just doing consulting back to back an hour a piece for different schools. Do you feel like before COVID I know with, I mean, I was, I mean, I'm okay. I'm like a blue belt, purple belt. Maybe at the time, maybe I was a purple belt already. Um, like people shit all over like Gracie university, people that have online courses in the beginning. Anybody that was trying to like, maybe you can earn a belt by just doing it online. Like and Gracie University is the example that stands out to me that they shit all over it. And then everybody went online, not, you know, giving belts, but mm -hmm. having to move their classes online. It was just like now everybody's now it's just the norm mm -hmm. to have some type of online component, whether it's social media, instructionals, maybe it's in Instagram instructionals, your one minute videos. Like now everybody's going to now it's like you have to do it. Well, like look at uh, so many people were talking shit about instructionals online. But then all those people were the same people who were like, I never eat McDonald's. Like, <laughs> then why is all this McDonald's still open? They're flourishing. Some of y'all are lying, goddammit. So, like, when Gordon Ryan was releasing his pay stubs, he was showing, like, oh, I'm getting this much from BJJ Fanatics. There are a lot of lying motherfuckers out there who were saying, oh, I never do the digital thing. Mm. Like, yes, you do. Some of you were definitely watching his instructionals and paying yeah. for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with digital instruction. I think there's something wrong with giving a belt through just digital yeah. instruction you have to have that sauce you know you have to go and training with other people you have to have other people who have different personalities and you have to have other people who have different styles the only way you can do that is you have to be on the mat with those people yeah and it, it's there's nothing wrong with trying to learn online there's yeah. nothing wrong with it you're not going to be very good um and you probably shouldn't be belted i don't think you yeah. should be belted anyway but I don't think there's anything wrong with getting that information. We're in a digital age. What's wrong with that? Yeah. And I think that as time goes on, there's a solid possibility that digital is going to be something that's going to be a lot more interactive than it's ever been before. Yeah. I mean, right now, digital for most people, the, the best you could do is like Oculus Rift, right? Like you yeah. go, you put the headset on, you're like in this VR world that's dope. And that's where the technology is now. But what happens when it catches up to like Ready Player One status? You know, like it might get yeah. to that point. We don't know. You might be in a simulation right now. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> Feels like it sometimes. God, I'd hope because I'd yeah. love to wake up and I'm still like 12 years old and, you know, Rick and Morty style. And oh, I just wake God. up like, what the fuck just happened? Like, was that a video game? Like, I died of cancer. <laughs> like, that is wild. Let's do it again. Like, you know, but.
That would be that would be nice to know that I had another try at this. Yeah, you know? that'd be dope. I hey, I take it. I just I would only want to redo it if I if I had the information that I have now. Absolutely. Starting over and and knowing exact knowing none of this, like you know, not having any of this information. Like Matrix style. I'd be you like, just I don't, don't like, want to do this again. I'm maybe okay that's what it. happened. Maybe in mm-hmm. Matrix, like when he's like, I know jujitsu. Like when mm-hmm. they just plugged it in. Yeah. Maybe he lived an entire life <laughs> like yeah. as a jujitsu master. And he just wakes up like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot I was here last yeah. time. <laughs> I just watched those movies the other day again. I oh, just so I watched good. all of them. Yeah, Keanu's a man. Yeah. Like for he he did the last John Wick in his sixties. Is he sixty right? He's got to be. Like how old is John Wick? I'm he, older than me. Yeah, dude. Like I was I was sick on and off for like three weeks, and I just was like fuck. I was just like <laughs> watching like move Lord of the Rings and like watching all this stuff back to back. I said how old you know? is John Wick? Like uh, he was a real person. He's fifty nine. Fifty nine. 59. So in the wait, so John Wick in the movie, or we're talking about Keanu? Keanu is 59. Okay. All right. Yeah. Dude, have you seen his videos from Terran Tactical? From Terran Tactical? No. What is that? Oh, you're talking about when he trained? When he trained? Yeah, when he went. Oh, okay. oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, I, don't I, know thought, I, I thought I was like, for the first time, I was like showing you what pasta was like. No, you're like, no, oh no, my no. God, this is delicious. No, I, I've seen the, the Keanu videos of him training. Oh, I, didn't know so that's, I didn't know that's where it was. Like, so that's it's who impressive because one, Taryn himself and the team that he has over there are all like fantastic. Yeah. But Keanu Reeves himself, when like he's he's running and gunning on that course, yeah, yeah, is yeah. really impressive. Yeah. And yeah. especially now knowing the dude's like 59 years old. Yeah, like, dude, like, does he? Do we? Does you know? I don't. I don't. I've never seen him train jujitsu outside of that. Um, does he train? I would imagine, like, over the years, he probably has extensive training. I'm just guessing because, like, back in the day when he did uh, Point Break, which is like such a dope movie. But when he did Point Break, like, he was doing firearms training then, at least. Yeah. Um. Then of course he did uh you know all the Matrix movies, which there was a lot of martial arts choreography in that. Yeah. Um, and then of course he did John Wick. I mean the dude, he the dude's an action star. Yeah, so I mean yeah, he's yeah. got to have something in the gas tank. Like imagine mm. him at an old folks home, like you know somebody starting <laughs> shit, and all of a sudden Keanu has to like and then, uh, <laughs> jumps over a chair, uh, uh, does a shoulder roll. <laughs> I told you, Gladys. Don't, so, talk, don't stop uh, taking my jello. <laughs> orderlies like got tasers and they're just terrified of him. You know. He's off his meds again. I love the. I love when I see these stars. I mean, I think uh, who got who's the who's the girl that got roasted, the singer that got roasted for being for doing jujitsu. But like when it's a guy, it's it's a little bit more well received in our world. Uh. Who's the singer? What uh, do we? What's her name? Um, no. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she was the chick that was pissed off about the non-fat yogurt. She's a girl, and then she's a guy, and now she's a girl again. Like she transitioned, or she went non-binary. Like. It's it's a new millennium. Yeah. You can be what you want. Demi Lovato? Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. There you go. Thank you. So I, I mean, I lo- when I first saw it, you know, I was just like, oh, this is great. You know, the more eyeballs we get on this world, the better it's going to do. I, yeah. you know, we welcome everybody. It'll, but it'll, a lot of people fried her. You know, dude, people fry everybody who's yeah. like a celebrity. They're like, that's not real jujitsu. Me, yeah. the guy who's been doing it for a year. Yeah, steroids. <laughs> I, I live jujitsu. I just discovered it like a year ago, but it's all I do. Yeah, like bitch, no, you don't. Like yeah. I promise that. So statistic time. We have uh, CRM systems in martial arts schools. CRM systems are like your credit card management yeah. systems, right? You have Mind Body, Perfect Mind, Rainmaker, uh, Zen Planner, Kick and site. so on. Kick yeah. Sight, like the list goes on, right? And the cool thing about those particular organizations is they keep statistics. 
So we know, that's how we know that on average, most people drop out between eight months to a year and a half. So around a year, most people just quit and drop out. But also we know that 75% of people in the martial arts industry never compete at all. Yeah. But those will be the same ones of that's not real jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Real jujitsu is about being me, and it's all about myself and I, and mm. how I do jujitsu. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, jujitsu is whatever you want it to be. Martial arts can be whatever you want it to be. If you want it to lose weight, and all you want to do is go every once in a while, and that's fun for you, do it. If you want to do it just because it helps you get out of the house for a hobby, do it. If you want mentors, friendship, all that stuff, do it. If you want to compete, do that. But don't shit on everybody else who doesn't do it because they do it they, for a different reason. Well, that's why our industry, I think, self-implodes on itself so much is because rather than us all being under the understanding that we're all under the same house, right? And we're all just in different rooms. We're all in the same house. If martial arts would come together a little bit more than infighting so much about stupid, petty things, martial arts industry would grow so much yeah. more. But so many people want to segregate it like they want it to be something different. And I found like there was an ultimate irony I learned about when I was in sport karate. I had this realization really young. Um, all these in sport karate, you kind of have like two different factions. You have the people who do kata and like weapons and forms. And then you have the people who do sparring, whatever the sparring is, right? And they would constantly try to separate themselves out. They'd be like, oh, I'm a fighter. That's what I do. And they had a very um, non-PC way of calling uh, kata people um, a very derogatory word. Um, so you can say it here. Uh, sure. No, no, I can't. No, I cannot. No. <laughs> nice try. Not getting me today, sir. Google it. <laughs> it, it rhymes with Saget. Okay. <laughs> so, but they would, they would, that that would be what the fighters would call them. Yeah. And uh, the ultimate irony was that a lot of those Kata people didn't want to do fighting because they wanted to go to Hollywood. They wanted to be stunt performers. They wanted to be okay. action stars. And the risk of getting injured fighting was far greater than when you were doing kata and stuff like that. And so ultimate irony, you have people like Caitlin Deschelles, Matt Emig, um, you know, people like that who become stunt performers, like major stunt performers in Hollywood. Taylor Lautner, um, he started yeah, yeah, off yeah. in sport karate, right? He'd be doing his homework on the side of like the ring, getting yeah. ready to go up, right? And then the ultimate irony is a lot of those people that would make fun of those kata guys, they now don't even do martial arts anymore, but they'll line up to go watch the new John Wick with these 8711 stunt team guys who just do kata stuff. Yeah. And they spent their entire life dedicated <clears throat> to their craft. And now the guys who would make fun of them are paying their paychecks and they yeah. don't they never even think about it is because, again, it's OK to do martial arts for a different reason. How many professional fights did Bruce Lee have? Zero. What? Well, what? Oh, yeah. One of the most influential martial artists on the planet. With no professional fights whatsoever. How many uh, did the Ninja Turtles have? Oh, yeah, they're not real, but they still influence people. And yeah. so you can make a huge impact doing this a different way. You don't have to do it the same way everybody else does it. Keenan Cornelius is getting all kinds of crap right now because of American Jiu-Jitsu. Why? He's just because he's doing it a different, going a different path than everyone else does. He's still making an impact. Yeah. Like, and again, people are very... Uh, self-absorbed in the industry. I say, yeah. do you, man? As long as you're not lying, taking advantage of people. I definitely see it. For, I, I was saying before, I see it from the jujitsu side. Like we're the we're the worst. I, I I guess I see it the most because that's what I follow. I don't know a lot about like karate and and taekwondo and those. Like you said, I didn't even know that there was like that kind of infighting in karate. I know from the jujitsu side, fight. You know, competitors shit on hobbyists. 
everyone in jiu-jitsu shits on every other martial art. It's not real. It's not going to work. I want, what happens when I grab you? Like, right, I say we're, we're the bougie. We were super bougie about jiu-jitsu. It's just like we're the best. We can only be the best. But, um, you know, get punched in the face or, you know, take somebody down and, you know, they give an up kick, whatever it is, right? You know, then you're like, oh, shit, I, didn't, I don't strike. I don't know striking. And then you start to realize, like, well, you were even talking about uh, the UFC, all the fighters. You were talking about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, right? How many other fighters? Leota Machida, mm. right? We shit on karate, but then you're screaming for them, you know, go, yeah. go, go. And yeah. these are, their base is karate. Like, I always call them Buffalo Wild Wing fans, not casuals. I don't like the term casuals because mm. every sport has casual fans. Every sport that's successful and makes money has fans <clears throat> who don't actually do that sport professionally. Yeah. Like, you know, how many basketball uh, games are everybody there played basketball? Yeah. Like, no one cares. Yeah. Why? Because they're paying their ticket. They yeah. can enjoy it however they want to enjoy it. Do you it. think that ever happened? I don't feel like that right now that's not happening on the jiu-jitsu side. Maybe a little bit with ADCC and, you know, with I think Gordon Mo's Ryan. trying. Yeah. I think Mo, out of, out of everybody that I've seen, is making such an impact. One, because he has a hell of a work ethic. Yeah. Um, two, he gives a damn about the community. He really yeah. does. Like. You know, the the fight sports thing. You know, he was able to get that in the New York Times. Yeah. Like, that wasn't an accident. Like, he yeah. really puts his neck out there for the community, and he has to take the heat, and he doesn't always make the right decisions. But at the end of the day, you can see that he tries. And I think most people aren't even willing to try. I think most people are too worried about me, 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 I, 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 and what they're getting out of it. Um, and I think that that's where that cult-like mentality comes in. And people have a hard time recognizing it, too. Look, man, I drink like a fish, I smoke way too much weed, and I don't train nearly as much as I should, right? So I can crap all over myself, right? But at the end of the day, like, I think that more people need to be a little more self-deprecating yeah. Um, because I think that that's where that secret sauce is. Like, look at the people who are really successful. They're willing to put their necks out there and take the heat where the people who aren't as successful are usually the ones pointing that finger. Yeah. Um, and But ADCC this year is going to be dope. Coming up, man, the T-Mobile Arena. Woo. Mm. It's going to be full. Yeah. You going to be there? Um, I've got a buddy who's got four tickets, and we're talking about it. He bought four tickets, and I'm waiting to get the official, like, yeah, let's, you know, here's your ticket. I, uh, you know? I, so I didn't know Mo was Mo from ADCC. I've been talking to him for a long time. I think because he doesn't, his handle was just like yeah, uh, it was something like Motar or something, yeah, something right? like, like that, yeah. right? So I've been talking to him for years, and then like when the last ADC ro CC rolled around in Vegas, um, he was like, "Hey man, are you going to ADCC?" And I was like, "Well, I don't have tickets, and it sold out." He's like, "So?" I was like, "What do you mean?" So it means I can't get tickets. He's like, "I run it." I was like, "Oh, and that's oh, when you realize who it was." <laughs> you're that guy, and so like he he hooked me up. Man, actually, really that was a really impactful trip to my life period yeah um and i can't thank him enough for that because i got to meet jocko in person um and, and cool. jocko's now a producer on the on the yeah, documentary be right like because of that conversation i walked up yeah i was like i'm gonna introduce myself because i had done a story that he had talked about on his show and i wanted to thank him for it i walked up and i was like hey man i really appreciate you shouting out what i do it means a lot and i'm a big fan of you know what you do and he, he knew my name, which was one weird to me because um, I was like, yeah, you. That, like, but he knew my name. That was kind of cool. Um, and then he asked me about the documentary and how it was going. And I told him, like, how the things were progressing. And he was like, why didn't you just ask me for help? And I was like, 
I just met you, like, right now. I didn't know that was cool. I could just be like, hey, man, can I borrow 20 bucks? Like, I didn't want to be that guy. Um, and then he came on board. Uh, we had a, I flew out. Actually, at first, I thought he was, like, I thought he was messing with me. So I was like, I'll call that bluff. So I called my guys from the, the team, and I was like, send him an email today. Like, right when it happened. I get back from Vegas, and my team is like, yo, they, he responded, like, uh, he actually has an assistant. But his assistant responded within an hour of getting that email. Yeah. I was like, that's wild. So I, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go meet him. Got back on a plane the next day, flew out. So I just got back from Vegas, got back on another plane, flew out to Victory. And then we had like a two and a half hour meeting. And it was like a really good meeting. All we did was talk about the creative side of what we we're trying to do, the goals, the approach, what I, what at, I really want to accomplish. At that point, do you have a rough cut of the movie? At that point, we had something? 30 days filmed. So okay. we, we filmed 30 days. Okay. Our original budget was 200000 Mm-hmm. We only raised 20000 So then I talked to my team. I was like, well, what do you guys want to do? Like, do we just ax this and just can't do it, give the money back? Or do you want to follow through? And they all were like, yo, well, we want to do this. We think something's here. So they took massive pay cuts. Um, I put in another 20 of my own money. So we with $40,000 budget and with them working practically for free, um, of course, they got paid whatever else we had to do, take care of hotels, food, insurance, all that, mm-hmm. equipment. Um, so then we wind up filming, we filmed pure gold and we actually showed a little bit of that to him. And he was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. Um, and then, uh, when the meeting was over, like, I think it's funny because my team is very much like a team that is used to California talk. And what I mean by that is like Hollywood, California talk where everybody kind of talks in circles and no one has direct answers for you. And I can't stand that shit. I am very much, do you want to do this or not? Because I, I don't want to waste my time with like three months of phone calls. So they were like, all right, we think the meeting went good. Like, we'll just, we'll get back with them later. I was like, like, hell you will. So I was like, you guys go ahead. I'm just going to ask him. So after two and a half hours, like no one actually agreed to anything. I walked up and I was like, hey man, do you want to be a part of this? He was like, absolutely. We shook hands and that was it. That's like, awesome. That's how it should be. Yeah. Hollywood, if you want to save money, start saying yeses and nos. Stop, stop the, we'll get back to you. We got to talk to our people. Like, bitch, you already know if it's a yes or no. Like, and so when it comes to to where we are now, we actually are represented by a company called UTA, which is one of the top three talent agencies in the world. Um, They're about as useless currently as a dick on my elbow. (laughs) Um, That's the facts. Like, how about you do your job? I won't talk shit about you. Um, So we, they've had that, they've been a part of it for like two, almost three years, like almost from the beginning. And they have done nothing to, we've, I've raised all the money ourselves, like me and my team. We did it all ourselves so far. Um, and is now, that what, are they supposed to be trying to get yes, funding? absolutely. They should be trying, but they don't money. care. It's on like to them, they don't care. So yeah. that's all right. At the end of the day, they'll probably help us seal a deal or they'll probably help us like actually get paperwork done. But as of right now, they're doing jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you didn't want me to say that shit, you probably should have done your job. <laughs> um, uh, and then we are talking to a company called the EO foundation and we think we're going to pass. Like they offered us like a half a million. And for our new current budget, it's like 700 and something thousand to do what we wanted, which is go to Indonesia, go to the cults, go confront the frauds. Like that's how much it was going to cost total. And then we, we approached them and they were so gung ho. They were like, yeah, man, we can't wait to do this with you. So they, they sent us over their proposal. We had a conversation and they wanted full creative control and they wanted full business control. Right off the bat, they tried to make it so that way our director and our lawyer couldn't be in the meeting, in a business meeting. I'm like, so let me get this straight. You want to fire my director, 
and one of my lawyers before we even signed anything. All right, who's that director going to be? They're like, we can't tell you that. Then what? Then why would I take anything you're saying seriously? Like, well, we're worried that you're going to actually go out and you're going to get another director. Or you're going to steal him from us is how they said mm. it. Like, oh, we don't want to say it because then you might just reach out directly. Like, clearly we don't want to get rid of our director. And like, so in order for me to make sure I could bypass that, so that way they could not fire them, I made them both part owners of the IP. Wow. I was like, now you can't fire them. We're going to have a meeting again. Like, mm. now let's talk. And then they just keep, one of the things they wanted to do um, was they wanted to have, uh, w one of the stipulations if they gave us the money was you have to make a storyline. You have to talk about uh, children who don't have fathers, like fatherless are children. Like, you have to talk about that in your movie. I was like, that's dumb as shit. That makes no sense to what we're trying to talk about. It does yeah. not make sense. I was like, that's a different movie. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, we're willing to talk about like issues if they are a part of it. Like, for instance, child abuse. That's something I talk about relentlessly on this page on McDojo Life. I talk about that. It's something that's in there. If you want to talk about that. And we, <laughs> the funniest part of the email was, we're willing to discuss other topics. That one just doesn't fit. And their response was, you guys don't seem to be willing to talk about this. <laughs> and so we, we emailed them back, like the, like the screenshot of where it says, we're willing to talk. Like, why are you making this shit up? So they've been, at this point, kind of a nightmare. And to be honest, if they don't, like, we're still kind of in negotiations. But once again, I told them right off the bat that I would be open disclosure to anyone who asked about this shit, how we were treated. And it's... It's yeah. nonsensical. So so let's go back. So when you did, it was like post-COVID, you were able to get back on the road, right? Yes. So you like, started filming. Well, you did, people forget you did that, do some filming, yeah, right? Yeah, people forget that COVID lasted like two years. Yeah. So like we, uh, to give a timeline for anybody curious, because I know a lot of people do ask about it. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow & Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowandroll.com to check out their awesome designs, and while you're there, pick up a jujitsu dummy signature tee exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. It took us, from the time we decided, hey, we're going to do this, it took us about three months before we launched our crowdfunding campaign because there was a Conor McGregor fight going on. One of our homies who did, uh, does Mexican martial arts has this huge live. So whenever he goes live during UFCs, I mean, there's a lot of people in there. So it's like, we'll announce it then. So it took us three months to get to there. It took us a while to figure out the perks and all that too, right? So mm -hmm. we laid out the game plan, three months hit, then that fight happens. We announce it, big deal. We had a whole bunch of celebrities and people shouting it out, right? And then it takes three more months because 90 days is all Indiegogo would allow us to crowdfund. Okay. So three more months of crowdfunding. We only raised $20,000. Two reasons. Um, both sucked. One, some asshole decided to take, once he saw that we were doing that, he decided to take a shit ton of my clips, right? And you can see my logo is in almost every one of the things that he posts about. And he makes a YouTube video and he calls it a documentary about fake martial arts. It's not. It's a YouTube video where he does simple voiceovers over all my clips, uh, right? Okay. So I was like, 
if I didn't want to help the industry, I would have sued the shit out of his ass. Because it did cost us. Like that 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 video. He presented that as the as he a doc no, no, no. Or the doc. He didn't present it as that documentary, but the timing of it was using my logo, my copywritten material, um, to post it and to basically pretend that he's doing this documentary when it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was a very short right. YouTube video. But that thing got like nine million views. Wow. Because he was piggybacking. Like and at the at the end of the day, the most important thing to me though, even though that sucked for us financially. It's okay because at least more people got to see that this is a thing, and that's the whole point of what I do. So it's like half of me is pissed, but the other half of me is happy that so many eyeballs got to see it. But I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, well, that's okay. And then another thing that hurt us, I guess there was some guy who was trying to do a jiu-jitsu documentary about just the red belts in jiu-jitsu. And it was like maybe a year or two before we decided to try to do ours. And I guess that guy stole a bunch of people's money and disappeared. And so we were getting comments all the time, like, oh, this is just like that documentary. I'm like, I don't know that guy. Like, we have no yeah. affiliation. How does that work? And so and you very clearly, I would assume, have a much larger social media presence and standing in the community than that person. Yeah, and then, like, so. one of the main things that was so important to me was I wanted to make sure that I was very clear. I go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I let anyone join the live that wants to talk about anything. Very transparent. <coughs> I tell people exactly where we are in the documentary, even though it's a grind and it takes forever. Um, and then I have a whole page on Instagram called yeah. McDojo Life DOC. And it's just dedicated to talking about updates and what's going on with the film. So it's like about as transparent as you could be. And there are still people who bitch them. How come it's not done yet? That's going like, to be everything. How about you no kiss my ass? How about that? How about <laughs> the next time you want to ask about our film? What you, when people ask about it, that means you didn't donate. That's exact. Yeah. Those are the only people because the people who did donate, they're kept Watching up to date. And look, we're they know what's yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. The people who didn't are the only ones complaining. And it's yeah. like you have no skin in the game. So uh, before you ask me again, kiss my ass and then ask the question. <laughs> kiss my ass. Then you can ask whatever you want. And by the way, you can go live with me. I go live every Monday, Wednesday and Friday on Instagram. You can join live and you can ask any question you want. And I'm 100 percent transparent about what's going on with the film. So, uh, it, but it's a struggle, man. And what really sucks is like you keep hitting every roadblock and you're yeah. like, keep moving forward. Yeah. You hit another roadblock, keep moving forward. Um, and then you do that and you're fighting for the community in a way that like they don't get to see all these no's that we get. They don't get to see all these meetings that don't go the way you want them to. They don't get to see the struggle. And then you go online and you keep getting people as much updates as you can. And then you have some random douchebag like, what's going on with the documentary? Bet you're not going to do it. Again, <laughs> again, kiss my ass. Like, That's I'm working real hard for fat this. Fat guy at a computer, chips all over his shirt, like, you know, on Jesus. the computer. Then, you know, like, at the end of the day, I understand because it'll make it so much sweeter. Whenever it does get done, because we actually, I do have an update, actually, if you want. Go ahead. Ignore me. Um, oh, a handy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow. What a host. He's just reaching in there. Wow. I'm a little loud here. Let's see. Um, but, like, it'll make uh, it so much better. sweeter. But we do have an announcement. Like, we yeah. haven't even posted this in the DOC page yet. Okay. So we had a conversation, like, this back and forth with EO. We kind of have a feeling like it's probably going to fizzle. And who knows? Maybe not. Maybe they're just trying to strong arm us. Like, I don't know. I don't care. Um, I don't play that game. It's yes or no. We move on with life. Um, so we decided we're going to move forward anyway. So Amazon Prime is interested. We took that and we sat it on the shelf because they wanted us to change a little bit about the creative. Not in a negative way. It was just like, nah, I don't really know if I want to do that because they wanted us to have like one centralized bad guy. And we were like, well, it kind of kind of makes it harder for me to do what I want 
So let's see if we have other options and we'll come back to them. So now we're going to go back to them in January. We're going to present what they asked for and see if they bite. Um, if that happens, that means we get the full budget that we want. Um, that means that we're able to get a distri distributor right there with Amazon, which would be incredible. People get to see the film and we get to have everything in there. We would just have one centralized bad guy, um, which is fine. And if that falls through, we're just going to move forward with the budget we, that we have. So we've made a hard decision that we are moving forward. We're going to give it one last shot with Amazon just because they did leave the door open. Um, we're going to talk to them. If no, that's cool. We move on with life. If yes, I mean, we'll make that announcement ASAP. So that's like where we left it before the holidays. How do you choose the biggest dirtbag to, to, to make the focus? Is that a is that a meeting and a vote? Oh, dude! Is it, or is, well, is there one <laughs> is there one huge, huge, humongous dirtbag that was easy to choose from? I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you want to get sued while I'm on this. Thing. <laughs> uh, so, like, the industry is full of them. Um, but I, the one that I can't even, I can't tell you who it is. Yeah, you don't have to tell us. Um, I'm, 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 I'm thinking, I'm curious about the process. Uh, so well, it's like, was it everyone was like, yeah, we're doing so, it on that guy, or was it like we the, have to figure so, out who's the worst? Well, calling out frauds on the page first, and when I started McDojo Life, you have to define what the issue is. Mm -hmm. So I started looking around the internet and I found like Bullshito forums, which at the time was like the only thing really discussing that topic. And shout out to them. I mean, great job on having a platform at that time. The, but what I noticed is the issue was it was a forum. So everyone's just kind of talking about the same rhetoric. And I would say probably more than half of the topics were about things that didn't matter. So I had to define what a McDojo is, like redefine it, because at the end of the day, people's definition of it doesn't make any logical sense. People will complain. They go, oh, that that guy runs a McDojo. He's just giving out black belts in like two, three years. Mm -hmm. And then I go, well, BJ Penn got his black belt in like three years. Oh, that's different. Well, is it only different because he does something that you do and you just have a bias? Like if we're going to say that there's a standard here, there should be no exceptions. If there are exceptions to that standard, then that means it's a guideline, not a rule. So I can't okay. use that to define it because there's so many different arts that have so many different guidelines. So, okay, we're not going to talk about how long it takes to get a belt. Okay, well, how about skill? I'm like, okay, well, skill is subjective. If I go against this person who's a black belt and I go against this person who's a black belt, they are not going to have the same skill level. And if we're saying that you have to be a certain skill level, the pinnacle to be able to do that, then how about we say this? How about at that point we say if you cannot beat Gordon Ryan, you're not a black belt? How many black belts would there be? Well, maybe there's more to it than just skill. And I think that that's important distinction. So then it kind of boils down to, well, at the end of the day, since we're complaining about all these silly things, like people will even say, oh, if you do contracts on your jujitsu gym or your martial arts school, then you're a McDojo. That's a load of crap. That is not true. That's not how that works. And that's not even how contracts work. Like most contracts in jujitsu or any martial art, usually there's a clause to get out. Like, and if you as a consumer go in and they say, hey, letting you know that if you sign up for the next five years, you cannot get out of this contract, and then you decide to do it anyway, that is on you as a consumer. Now, if they lied to you about that, that's different. That's shady. So, again, we have to, like, find this balance of what it is. And so all over the years, it took me a while to figure out the five rules, and they're very simple. One, don't rape or molest people. <laughs> oh my god yeah like you would think right and at first like uh, somebody did say this on reddit and i did listen because at first i that rule number one was no pedophiles and then i thought they were like well why don't you talk about like other ones in the industry like other sexual abuse and i was like you know what that's fair because usually I, I clump them together but usually that word triggers people immediately to listen 
because that's not what they expect right off the bat. So it usually gets people's attention, but sexual offenders, right? Okay. People who've committed those type of crimes. That's one. Two, don't lie about your belt rank or your fight record. Just don't lie about that. Usually it's the very first conversation that you have with somebody as an instructor. Somebody walks in, you give them your credentials. So if you're going to lie to their face right off the bat, you'll probably lie about everything else, right? Three, don't have shady business practices. You could do whatever you want. Do you want to charge for belt testings? Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If you were open and honest with them, do that. Do you want to charge $1,000 a month? Fine, do that as long as you were open and honest. But don't pull the okie doke. Don't pull the wool over their eyes. Sign them up for one price, and then next thing you know, add on and tack on all these extra fees. Or don't have it so that way they it's impossible for them to get out of any type of a contract. Because most contracts don't work that way, and it winds up leaving a bad taste in people's mouths who don't understand what contracts and how they work. Um, that, that thing, that was three. Four, unsafe training practices and cult-like behavior. Don't abuse your students physically. I don't think that that's hard to do. And like, I don't think it's, there are even things in jujitsu that are like that. How about the people who just take off their belts and then whenever you, you get your, your, uh, your promotion, they just whip you. Like, imagine we're sitting the at gauntlet. an office, right? Yeah. Here we are, we're at a board meeting. It's me, you, the head of HR, the head of R&D, and we're all talking, right? And we're all thinking, you know what? We're going to give Steve a promotion. <laughs> and Steve comes in. Hey, Steve, come on in, brother. And we got a we got a we got a surprise for you. We, we're promoting you. And then we all take off our belts and we say, "Come on over." And then we just beat the shit out of Steve for five minutes. You would think that that was psycho, but for some reason, people can justify it in their mind. And so far, the only people that could justify that being sane or to me anyway, so far, I'm not saying that's the case always. I'm sure someone now will be like, "Well, I think, man, fuck you." But anyway. The, <laughs> So some people, most people, the only people who tend to justify that action or that behavior are people who have done it. But that's how cults yeah. work. You can always justify the action because, well, now I feel stupid if I had to do it. Like, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to do something and look back and go, man, that was really fucking dumb. We were all teenagers. <laughs> like, I'm sure there are plenty. We can all say, that was pretty dumb of me. Um, so, you know, or you see a lot of this in the Middle East where they'll have someone stand there and the coach just tees off on their head. Right. And they think that that's conditioning them. That's not how your brain works, homie. Yeah. Like it's hurting you in the long run. So unsafe training practices. And then uh, the last one is uh, no touch knockouts and mislabeling. So if you go to a cardio kickboxing class and someone says, hey, you're going to learn some basic punches and kicks. We're going to teach you proper form, but you're not going to be a real kickboxer. You're not going to be a world kickboxing champion. This is probably not going to really help you much in self-defense. Maybe a little because you're going to learn mechanics, but you're not going to spar. You're not going to hit mitts. You're just going to hit this bag and move on. You might lose some weight, though. That's fine. If they go, man, dude, you're going to become so much better at self-defense. You're going to become a world kickboxing champion all because of cardio kickboxing. That's probably not the case. Is there anything wrong with it? Absolutely not. Go do that if it makes you happy. But don't lie to your students. Um, and, of course, you know, with that, mislabeling is no-touch knockouts. You can't knock someone out with your mind. You hear that, mm -hmm. Indonesia? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you can't. Tanaga Dalam, uh, Ilmuladuni, Chi, C-H-I, Ki, K-I, Ki, Q-I. It's all nonsensical. And the funniest part about Chi in general to me is how many definitions that it has. If you look online, look about, just keep scrolling. Don't stop at the first definition you see. Just see how many there are. It could be a unit of measurement. It could be breath. It could be your life force. It could be energy. It's so many definitions. And it's funny because every chi master always has a different definition to it. And it always fits whatever they believe it is. 
So it's just a word that's nonsensical that fits anyone's definition. And I guarantee you that just made a whole bunch of people mad. What are you talking about? Cheese? No, it's not. It's what you believe it to be. That's the whole point. And yeah. if you believe it's your breath, have at it, brother. If you believe it's energy, have at it. But you can't knock me out with your mind. But you can try. I'd it love amazes to me that I still, you know, most of this stuff I'm I'm seeing on your pages, you know, I, like you're the one. It's usually a repost of of something that you've put out. Um, it amazes me with these, like, you know, approaching with the knife, like go to stab him, and he just does this, and you know, I mean the the level. I mean, this is where I guess right we get into cults. The level of uh, weakness. Like for that person to actually play along and believe it, I mean, is it a weak mind? Is it, is it, you want it, you want to know it so bad? What is it? Well, what is it from that student that's playing along or believing that this is real? Again, this is just from my perspective from doing this particular job, you know? So I've been in martial arts for 26 years. I've been doing McDojo life period for the last decade and oh, maybe longer. Shit, I'm getting old. I feel like it's been long. Oh my god, I'm getting so much older than I thought I was. I blinked, and I'm I have grays. Um, no, I I I honestly, to, I'm trying to word it properly, but it's not necessarily a weak mind because any of us are susceptible to falling prey of a cult leader or a fraud. Most people don't believe they can though. And you can actually find out really simply if you are susceptible. Like, really, I can just ask you a couple questions. And most people don't believe they could be had by these con artists, right? But they forget that it's a profession. Like, a con artist is an artist. Like, mm -hmm. they are skilled at that craft. And it's real simple. Like, anybody in this room, you can answer the same questions, and you'll immediately know that you could fall prey, right? So, first question. Are you a doctor? No. Do you think you'd be better at open-heart surgery than a doctor? No. Okay. Are you a mechanic? No. Do you think you'd be better at fixing a car than a mechanic? No. Are you a chef? No. Do you think you'd be better at cooking a meal than a professional chef? No, but I'm pretty good. Yeah, you, you might be good. <laughs> you good. might be good. Not better course, than a chef. Why? Yeah. Because they're all professionals at what they sure. do. Same thing with a lawyer. If I was like, are you a lawyer? You say no. Are you better at law than a lawyer? No. Like these are all usually very obvious, right? People go, well, obviously not because that's what they do for a living. Are you a con artist? No then why the hell do you think you'd be better at understanding a con than a con artist? Sure. Okay. Like you don't. What happens yeah. is they prey on that. They prey on the fact that you don't think you could fall victim. I mean, I, I hate to bring it up, but like one of the more relevant cases that happened not too long ago was like with uh, Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez had oh, Joshua yeah, Fabia yeah. taking advantage of him. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into all the details, and I think that Diego is a great dude. I think that he fell victim of someone who is a good con artist. And by the way, Joshua Fabia, I want to fight. I would fight you anywhere, anytime. Like, just sign the fucking paperwork. I know Karate Combat would make it happen. We can go to any other promotion. I will kick you in your midgety face. Did you have? Um, did you go back and forth with him online? What, did not you have him something? directly. Was it? Okay. But like, he was. So that here's the sneaky part, and like, he's he's a little bitch for this too. Is like I would talk to Diego every once in a while online, not long conversations, just every once in a while we would just shoot the shit and we'd move on with life. Somewhere along the line, he actually took over Diego's, all his socials, <laughs> everything. So somewhere in there, he was posing as him. Um, and just what a piece of shit. He also did the same thing to Stefan Bonner. Like, that, that to me is just the worst human being. And that is in, a, in our industry. That's with people who know what they're doing. Legends in the sport. And he was still able to take advantage of them because he's a professional con artist. 
But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I got questions for him. Like, what's it like not being able to get on roller coasters? Like, <laughs> little guy, you know, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, we can have a sh very short conversation about it. You know, I won't. Um, you know, I really, at the end of the day, I have questions about what Santa's like. Um, you know, do, does he make shoes or does he make cookies? We don't know. I don't know if he makes shoes or cookies, right? Is he excited for the remake of The Wizard of Oz? To get it like, I, all, I have so many questions I want to ask, you know, but like, again, after, after all that went down, he just kind of disappeared. And it's like, that's a fucking coward. That is a coward if I've ever seen it. You took advantage of people. And then when it came time to own up to it, you disappeared like a little bitch. And if you want to be a cult leader, do it. But at least have some fucking balls. Like, again, I'm easy to find. I'm anyone I've ever yeah. called out, I'm the easiest dude to find. I go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Instagram. You can join live and you can say whatever you want to me. But at the end of the day, that's the thing. People don't think it could happen to them. And that's an advantage for the con artist. Like, once you've had your heart broken, what do you do? Your walls go up. Once you've had your hand burned on a hot stove, what do you stop touching? The hot stove, right? Mm -hmm. You start to know that, hey, I've been burned once. I'm going to keep on the lookout. Yeah. But most of the time, the way a good con works, you don't know you were con. Yeah. Like, if, I took, if you took your car to a mechanic, and you're like, I don't know why my car's not running. He could tell you anything. Like, well, you see, your, your washer fluid needs to be replaced, and yeah. you need this, and you need that, you need the this, you need that. The flux capacitor's going. All you know is when you turn the car on, it worked after you took it there. You don't know if they're gouging you or not. You would never know. Yeah. Like, you just know the car works now. So that's like, again, a good con artist is going to be so good, you're not going to know you got conned. So, but yeah. yeah. How, do you, how do you handle, it's actually one of the things I wrote down, I, a little, I always put a few questions that I want to ask, and... How do you deal with those trolls? Have you ever, let, let's start with, have you ever had anybody actually come on to one of your lives that was like, you motherfucker, you've been talking about me. Let's have it out. That, just Do they two. ever have balls to actually come just on? Just two. I've only had two. Yeah. My favorite, though, was this dude, and I called him the seahorse guy. The seahorse guy. Yeah, you can actually see this video on YouTube. It's like, you can't see the discussion because I couldn't save the video. Like, okay. Something happened with Instagram, and it, like, allowed us to go. Normally, it shuts you off at, like, right an hour. Okay. And, like, it just kept going. And when I went and tried to save it, it wouldn't save. And that sucked because it was so good. But I called the guy the seahorse guy, and the video on YouTube that I did about him is called Sexy Dance Fighting. Okay. And so it's McDoja Life Breakdown Sexy Dance Fighting. And so he was, like, teaching people to like ballroom dance and they were hitting pads while they were dancing and i was like this is the funniest shit so i'm like watching i'm like it looks fun it'd be a fun activity i was like not really a self-defense thing right but he has a video where he's talking about how to like culminate your chi and he's like all you're gonna do is you're gonna make a little kissy face and you're gonna put your little flippers out like your little seahorse and you're stick it like a, i shit you not right and so I thought it was the funniest thing. So I, like, called it out. So that guy got mad. And he actually, like, tried to get my page taken down. So he went after my Facebook. He actually did get my Facebook. Is that when your Facebook got clicked? Because yep. you just had to start over on Facebook. Yeah. And, I, you know, I hate to give the guy credit for it, but it was. That was yeah. the guy that did it. So, like, because he was, it was, like, a copyright thing. And they were like, that's it. Copy taking you down. Like, you motherfucker. That's all right. I'll just How start over. How many followers did you have on that page at that uh, time? I had just hit 100,000 at that time. And that was Fuck. like, that was like, Facebook was doing pretty good. Yeah. Like, I was, it was right when they started to try to give you some money. You, and I you was got, like, you back over that? You're, yeah, I don't back, it, back like, I don't and, care. and more. Like, right? I got like yeah. ha over a half a million on Instagram. I got like yeah. over a half a million on TikTok. I'm almost at 100,000 on YouTube. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just don't care. And so I'll just start over. Like, so that guy comes on and he, yeah, he tries and we, to we started talking, man. And like, 
so one of the moments that stands out to me is we were talking about Chi, and he kept telling me how I was wrong. And uh, I finally was like, well, the only way we're going to actually get anywhere with this is if I find common ground. So I start talking about placebo effect because he was kind of describing placebo effect. And then I was like, all right, placebo effect, like kind of like, you know, it might not necessarily actually do anything, but because of the power of your mind, because of your power of belief, you believe it's going to do anything. I was like, I can see that. I could see that working the same way. He's like, that's not what that means. So as we're talking, I was like, mom, pretty sure that's what. So I start like Googling, I have my, my laptop up. I start Googling placebo effect. And like the way that I had worded it was pretty spot on to what the definition was. So I was like, but it says it like, here's the definition of placebo effect. So now we're arguing about that. And then after I read the actual definition, I shit you not, he was like, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, I, was like, dictionary. I was like, hold Who on. Are they? Merriam Webster. <laughs> Merriam Webster doesn't know the definition. Like, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, like, yeah. That's their only job. They create the, the definition. Yeah. So it was just like crazy to talk to crazy people. But um, I did get a death threat one time in London. That, s- we, we talked about that last time. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, yeah, I got a death threat in London. That was wild. Um, like you had to call the police, right? This was yeah, serious. Well, it was yeah. Well, luckily, you know, I, I had got that message randomly on my Instagram, okay. and it was like that private profile. Um, and then when they said they were going to do me harm, um, I was like, huh. Well, there's thousands of people in here, and I have no clue who who sent me this, but I know that they sent me a message of what I was wearing, and I was like, that's oh, creepy. Shit. I was like. All right, because, like, it, they could just steal me. I'm not a superhero. I can't – I don't have spidey senses. Like, I think someone's going to hit me now. Like, that's not how that wow. works, right? So – but they had threatened, uh, like, real harm. And uh, I was like, uh-oh. Well, that's not good. So, I like, <laughs> I, like, I told them at first because I thought they were just, like, a fan or something. I was like, yo, you can just come over and talk. I'm some dude. I'm not, like, that important. Like, just come talk mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then when they started describing how I had like gotten one of their instructors like removed mm. because he was a, a sex offender, um, and I made that announcement on Facebook before it was taken down. Um, so then I made that announcement, but then after that, like people started like going to the reviews and just started one starring review and leaving like the link for to, the gym for, for the his gym. gym, and yeah. of course it disappears. Then like a year later, the guy pops back up in London somehow. Um, and then he had a new gym and then it was just under a different name. I don't know how he did it. I really don't know how that works, but I was like, Oh, that's the same guy I called out. So I did it again. And then the school got removed. So this guy was mad that that school got taken down. Um, and he was like, Oh, I'm a student of that guy. He could have been, I don't, he could have been the guy. I don't know. But then, uh, he was mad about that and, uh, threatened basically to kill me. And I was like, well, he probably could do it now. Like if I have thousands of people in this karate or this taekwondo tournament. How am I supposed to know which one it is, right? So I wind up going to the off-duty police officers there, and I was like, look, this is a message. They're like, there's nothing we could do, um, but we can just walk into your car. If he kills you, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if he kills you, we could do something about uh, yeah, it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, just let us know when he actually, like, stabs you or hits you with his car. I always wonder how, you know, you talked about getting the Facebook page taken down. Are you dealing with that on a daily basis with copyright strikes or like, would you just understand the process of yeah, how to do it right now? I understand the process better. Like, yeah, people, excuse me, people all the time are like, why don't you just tag these people? I'm like, because I did that. And when I did that, like, it's just basically saying, hey, you should copyright strike me, please. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. So, like, basically adding, uh, leaning harder into the um, fair use helps a lot, like understanding, like. If you take that content and you kind of change it, yeah, um, it's a little easier. You're commenting to mess with. over something or reviewing something, exactly. essentially. And yeah. so, like, luckily because of like the logo, that helps a lot because it's kind of like that scarlet letter. Like, it's like, hey, I'm branding Your this logo, something different. You know. Okay, you know? all right, then, okay, um, I see. Yeah, 
then of course like making commentary or putting music over it or changing the speed or the pace there's a lot of okay. different tricks that you can do but like people are so full of shit like you'd be amazed how many people are like oh man i wish i knew the information to that gym i'd go down there today I'm like, oh, well, actually, I did a whole breakdown about that on YouTube. All their information's on their YouTube channel. Like, there you go. To this day, like, I've been doing this over 10 years now, right? So to this day, no one, no one has ever gone to any of those gyms I've called out. Zero. So, like, all these people who were talking all that crap in the comment sections, you're not going there. You're full of it. You are not going. Like, there's a couple things people don't get about dojo storming and why I'm against it. One, uh, you can get trespassed. So you can walk up to their gym, fly, get the hotel, plan the whole thing out. And as soon as you walk up to their gym, they could be like, nope, I'm not letting you in or I'm calling the police. Yeah. Oh, well, well, damn it. Well, that's not a very good video. Or yeah. they let you in, but they could trespass you off the property at any time. Um, so they can get you in there. And then the moment you start getting good stuff, they're like, you got to go. They do not have to allow you to film inside their facility. Um, and if you do film without their permission on their property, you can get in legal trouble for that. If you say publicly that you're going to go there and dojo storm and you're going to go fight this person, now you've committed a premeditated crime if you've hurt them. So, like, people are really dumb. And, like, they think that it's just this fantasy martial arts kung fu movie. Like, this is the real world. And just because you beat someone up does not mean that you somehow are breaking the cult. Like, it doesn't work that way. And you've— it not invited yourself like you've asked to be invited or say hey can we stop by and multiple do, times and no um, one no one ever takes you up on that i have had or, one guy one yeah. guy and it was like probably it, it, that was in the was that in the first group of uh of, of filming well Did that I, was so the documentary is different okay uh i can tell you one story from the documentary but of course like we have <laughs> yeah. to film some other stuff sure, so sure, i don't sure. want to but there was a guy in orlando uh his website or his instagram handle is art to miss Okay. And he was doing these instructional videos that, like, he was just making shit up. <laughs> I'm like, that is not what that is. But he was serious. He was like, I'm going to train online. I was like, there's nothing wrong with you training online. There's nothing wrong with you hitting a bag. But you're literally telling people to do things that will get them hurt. And I can see some people in the comment sections. There was a few who actually – one kid had autism. And he was, like, treated this guy like he was, like, on Fulton's pedestal. Thank you so much. I'm following your videos. Well, like, he'd do things like, for instance, doing a round kick on the bag. He'd point his toes directly at the bag and not pivot that foot, and he'd try to throw a round kick. And it's like, dude, you're going you're gonna to destroy your knee, like, at, at best. Like, you can just sure, really yeah. hurt yourself. So I was like, dude, you got to stop trying to teach people. I was like, that's where the line is being crossed here because you don't know what you're talking about. And you not only are going to get yourself hurt, but some of these people are actually listening to you because he was gaining a following. Um, and so I offered. I was like, look, I'll, I'll get you a fight. Like, if you really believe that you're self-trained, I know a promoter in Florida. I'll get you on the card as an amateur. You'll be an O&O versus another O&O, and then you can put your stuff to the test. And he actually reached out to the promoter and tried to set it up. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I think I just killed this kid. Like, I was like, uh-oh. I was like, I fucked up. I didn't mean to, like, oh, so I was like, okay, now he's not delusional. He is serious. So I was like, I reached out. I was like, look. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think you were going to do that. So I was like, I figured you would just be full of it. So I was like, now that I know you're not delusional, well, you are delusional, but now that I know you're not, now I know you'll follow through. Like, let me, let's spar. I'll come down. We'll talk. We'll do a nice light sparring session. And then that might kind of guide you in a different way. And he accepted. And I was like, all right, cool. So me and a friend of mine, Corey, um, who's actually doing really well as a professional right now, we drove down to Orlando and we like 
uh, interviewed him. And as I'm interviewing him, I'm just like getting more pissed off as he's talking because he like is doubling down on things that are just clearly wrong. But his ego will not allow him to just let it go. So finally, I was like, fuck it. Shut off the camera. <laughs> I was like, all right, do you want to like actually teach us a class right now? And he was like, yeah, I'll actually teach you some stuff. I was like, cool. Turn the camera back on after I like ripped his ass up because I was just so mad at the, the bullshit he was spitting because he was just delusional. Yeah. So then he teaches us a class. And uh, if you go watch that video, you can actually see the class because I just kind of like fast forwarded through it because it was just him. One of the point parts, he like went to go through a front kick and he falls on his ass. Like he's trying to teach us a round kick with that knee thing. And I'm like, dude, please stop. Like this is all just really bad. I Did he like, have students? Were there students there? No, as well, no, no. It was just, just him close, and us. And class. it was closed. Okay. Um, it was like in a park. And then we wind up like putting on gloves. And I sh if you watch the video, um, you could see every hit that was landed in that video. I, I, I just cut the two minutes down to only shots that landed. And I shit you not, he does not hit me one time. Yeah. Um, wow. And then we did a kickboxing round. Did the same thing. He does not hit me one time. Now, I'm not invincible. I'm mediocre. Clearly, I'm not a professional fighter. I'm just a martial artist who likes this. So for me, who's not in fighting shape, who half-assed a sparring session, who purposely was trying not to hurt him, I was like, somebody is going to actually hurt him if he gets in the ring. Mm -hmm. So, But I give the kid credit. After that, he goes online and apologizes. He's like, hey, I'm sorry. You know what? You were right. I should not be teaching this. And he said, please don't listen to me. I'm not a professional. And he said that online, like to the public. I was like, good for him. He decided not to actually go fight. Um, and he decided to go to a gym. So that was okay. like a really powerful. So he's moment. a student. So he went in as a student, an actual student. Yeah, he goes in as a student now okay. and he's training at a gym. That was like really cool. So that okay. you can reach these people. Yeah. Now, imagine if I did it the way online wanted it. I go in there and just hurt this kid. Yeah. Like, what good does that do anyway? Does that does that negativity affect? Let's start with this question: Are you always the person answering on Instagram, commenting? Is it you? Do you have people that also that are doing it as well? I work. Is it for always me. you? Just me. Okay. I work for me. Do you? Does that negativity ever affect you? As as thick of a skin as somebody can have, there's sometimes the name calling, the just the watching the comments between other people. Does that affect you? Or are you able to, is there like an armor on you now at this point? And you're like, it doesn't, it doesn't bother it, me. It affects me for sure. Yeah. I can't sit there and pretend like yeah. the, but the stuff that affects me isn't necessarily those comments. Um, the stuff that affects me is the things I get sent. Like mm. there's so much that I can't post. Um, and like what people also forget, like if I do a news story, right, I'm putting that out there for the world for free and they can go watch that entire news story on YouTube for free. I spend sometimes weeks on one story. Okay. And that will get demonetized most likely on YouTube if it has to do with like child abuse. Sure. So I'm basically doing all this for pennies, right? I don't ask anybody to buy shit from me. If you want to buy a hat, you can. If you want to buy a shirt, cool. But I'm not plugging it every two seconds, right? Um, I'm not asking anybody to give me any dough. Like if you want to, that's cool. So I do a lot of this just because I think it's the right thing to do. And I'll have to see things that are some of the most horrific things I've ever seen in my life. Like, just to give you an idea of some of the imagery that's stuck in my head for life. Mm. I saw an eight-year-old slit his throat and kill himself because he believed he had magical powers, because he believed that he had Tanaga Dalam from Indonesia, which is in, done in a practice called Debus, which is like self-mutilation without harm, where they'll basically mm. like take swords and knives and cut themselves, and you'll see blood everywhere. They'll wipe it off. And how old, an eight-year-old? Yeah, he's about eight, eight years old from what I can tell. Slit his throat because he believed that this was real. Not gonna he, affect, and he, gonna... he killed himself. 
or like uh, a dude who does something very similar to what I do in Indonesia did send me a video and it was of a gang rape and everyone in that that martial arts school did it. So we're talking kids between the ages of like 16 all the way to like 20 something years old, like a group of like eight, nine dudes were sticking kitchen utensils inside this woman who's passed out. I got contacted from the mother after I started calling this kid out online. She was like, my son didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, did you see the video? Like, you're defending this rapist. I know it was your son, but get the fuck out of here. Like, that is ridiculous. So I've seen some horrific things. And now also something that gets to me is for probably about two years, I stopped training, period, because I just hated this industry because of the things that were going on. You know, you have guys like the guys over at Fight Sports who were, like, defending a rapist. Like, why? Like, you don't need to give that guy a severance pay. Well, y'all want to take care of this man? Fuck you. Like, he can go get a job. Like, that's called the McDonald's. Go get a yeah. job. They'll pay him $15 an hour. He'll be just fine. You don't need to pay him a damn thing. He needs to get the boot. Or, like, how about the things that were going on with, like, uh, David Arnbeck molested a 15-year-old girl in his home? You can check that out online. That's all public information. Yet still runs two martial arts schools today. He had three, but one got shut down. Like, you have all this information, and all these people still support these pieces of garbage. Like, what about the Lloyd Irvin scandal stuff? Like, did people just forget that this stuff mm. happens? They'll still defend them to the death. They're like, no, these are good people. Like, no, the fuck they're not. Like, they're just good at make, convincing you that they are. And, like, the industry is full of them. So for about two years, I had to, like, take a step back, and I was like, I just can't be a part of this. Um, but now I'm, like, I'm starting to see, like, the impact of there is positivity. It does help people. It helped me. So it's just rough to have to see that all the time. So, yeah, you can have a thick skin all you want. Yeah. There's only so much you can look at. I don't know. It's not an. Uh, I don't want you to speak for somebody else. But since you said you know him, I want to ask you the question. You brought up fight sports several times. My school was a fight sports before all that happened, and they left. It left, changed its name, and, and removed that itself from the affiliation. The um, what changed for Mo and ADCC? Because it went from you guys will never compete here to now those guys. And, and just I've had Wagner on the show. He's amazing. I really like him. You know, he he's a he, nice guy. I feel like he got caught up in and, some bullshit. And just to add you know? to that, like he made a really good public statement about it. Yeah. But then, like, he went live or something not too long after that, and like people were like, "You said the right thing." That's when you shut up. You say the yeah. right thing, and then you shut up. But he yeah. just like kept going and just didn't make him look good. And I, yeah. I have no, like, at the end of the day. It seems like he did get caught up in that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how deeply. We or literally whatever. we had him on. Mm. We released it, and the next week everything came out. Tex Johnson with the thing and all that, you know, mm. with well, the eyeball, and and then that brought it back to light. And then like it, that's when it all happened. Yeah, and I had just had I him on. It's amazing. I had his, him and his wife, and they were like, you know, God fearing, and you know, he has found Jesus, and it was like it was a great interview. Had a lot of fun, and then it was just like, oh fuck. And I even have a, I, I could show it to you and I won't out him in any way. It's not, um, I have the message from him, like apologizing to me. And I think he was like apologizing to me, almost like apologizing to the jujitsu, to the, to the community. The like, I'm sorry that I put you in this position because we just had him on. Then this comes out. And I was like, you don't really owe me an apology. I got, I kind of feel like the world is like, sees that you got caught up. And I said this to him, like. I get the sense that people are waiting for you to back away from fight sports, and that would be the ultimate, like, mea culpa. Like, I was involved, but I see how this is bad, and let me walk away. And that, and and we had a couple of back and forths on in, just an Instagram chat. I still have it saved, and then that was it. And and but go I ahead. Can, I can't speak for Mo. Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with the decision. 
Yeah. I'll let you know that right now. But I already yeah. told you I don't agree with him about everything. Okay. I, I think that to me, Mo is a, a good friend. Yeah. But we don't have to agree about everything. Um, I had people giving me shit. They were like, oh, you went to ADCC. What about the guys from Fight Sports? Like, I can't speak for I don't know why he made that yeah. decision. But at the end of the day, what people have to remember is there are people who do get caught in the crossfire, like the students. Yeah. Like, they're the ones who get harmed by one person's actions or two yeah. people's actions. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it was funny because that, like, that wind up getting in the New York Times, that story. Yeah. And I remember being uh, at ADCC and, you know, Cyborg is there and he's, like, just juiced out of his mind. Like, he's just giant, like, bald, and he's, like, ready to, like, murder people. And, like, I'm in the elevator going down, and it's, like, one of those moments of, like, uh, like, like, a little elevator music, and I'm just sitting there, and it's, like, just me and him. And that happened, like, three times. Yeah. And I was, like, at any moment, he could just murder me with his hands. But wouldn't that prove my point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Did like, he ever acknowledge you? Like, even acknowledge not you? Not a word. I mean, and I, in all honesty, I don't even know if he really even knew. knew all, I think most people know who you are at this maybe. point. Maybe. I, I do know that. You are were, a recognizable figure with or without the hat on. Uh, I got you. Like, well, we, we know who you are. And I'm not perfect by any means. Yeah. And I understand things happen. And I understand people make mistakes. I'm not sitting here calling myself perfect in any way. And really, at the end of the day, I just try to put out the news. And people can make yeah. their own decisions. Yeah. I don't want to tell people what to do with their lives. Yeah. If people want to go train at fight sports and they are getting benefit out out of it do the thing that makes you happy yeah. if, they, if you're getting benefit from that do that yeah um but you like what kills me is when people try to just straight up lie about things that happen like for instance i did a story um about a guy who uh had stalked and harassed a woman um i'm trying to remember his name but i can't remember it off the top of my head um it's on youtube stalking and harassment uh but i did i i reached out to two parties because this woman had done a podcast and went on a podcast called the rear naked chicks that was that podcast okay. so she goes on that podcast i, I and think she, i know that she podcast. talks about like, they stopped right they yeah they well were, they're, they're that gone. was okay, directly because of this okay okay good. so she does the podcast and she starts talking about the stalking and harassment that she had undergone and the guy who had stalked and harassed went publicly and just called these women liars and i was mm. like all right well one of you is lying, like, so let me find out. Let me do my due diligence. So I reached out to both of them and I said, hey, you know, like, I'm just, I'm going to do a story about this. I would want to give you an opportunity to speak your mind. And I was very fair, reached out to both sides. I asked them the same questions. I was very equal. And he sent me like a, a report. He sent me like a press release kind of thing. Like, oh, here's a okay. four page release. This is my public statement. There you go. Okay. And then they sent me a Google Drive. So, and the girls. The girls. The, the girls you go, he sent a statement. I, he they sent a statement. They sent me a Google Drive. Oh, so boy. the statement was basically <laughs> blackmail. It was like, actually, it wasn't just basically. It was blackmail. In the statement, he was like, if, the, if she speaks out about this, I hate to release these videos I have of her. That'll make her look bad. And I was oh. like, you know, you, this is the opportunity to send me those videos. Like, I'm doing a story. Like, But he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I was like, all right. Well, okay. Well, I had left. I was gone for like two weeks. So I got that, and I got their stuff. So I hadn't been back home to actually look over it. By the time I got back, there was a cease and desist letter waiting for me from him. I hadn't done anything with it. All I was doing was just gathering research. In the Google, he, do, he doesn't know that you've gotten anything from them yet, or does he? Or did you tell him? Carl Massaro, Carl Massaro. Okay, I don't mind naming names. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> like Carl Massaro, did I say it right? Yeah, that was it. Carl. People call them creepy Carl. So, like, I have, like, all these text messages, screenshots of instructors inside the organization calling him Creepy Carl. So they know, like, we're talking instructors who work with him, black belts, like, higher up, higher than him and his same level. 
So there are multiple calling him Creepy Carl. So they know he has a track record of being this way. I was like, okay, well, that's a little piece of evidence. Then after that, they I had uh, the actual police report. And the police report labeled literally what he did, stalking and harassment. So now I have caught him blatantly in a lie. Like you said, you didn't do that. Did she name him on the on her podcast when she came out publicly before? I do she believe said she, she actually said his name. To or? my knowledge, okay. I don't. It's, it was a while okay. ago, but I, I'm assuming. Continue. Um, so when that happened, I was like, "Well, sorry, brother. Like, not only did you create this thing that actually doesn't provide any evidence whatsoever on your side, you blackmailed someone, and I have clear evidence that you lied. So I was like, you could have said anything, but that's what you chose to do, and you sent me a cease and desist. So. I shit you not, I took that cease and desist and I recorded this and put that on the video. I wiped my ass with it. I set it on fire and then I pissed the fire out. <laughs> Why? Because fuck you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry for anybody who doesn't yeah. like the cussing. I apologize. I'm just okay. how I feel. I get emotional. Yeah. So some words aren't substituted. That's okay. You know, but anyway, so yeah, you're going to sit there and try to like stifle me from telling people the truth. How about you should have just admitted fault and moved on with life? Just be like, you know what? That was a rough time in my life. I did some things that I regret. I apologize wholeheartedly, and I'm trying to be a better man. Ladies, I apologize. I wish you well. I wish you nothing but the best. I am going to move forward from here out to try to be a better man than I was the day before. That's all he had to do. But instead, he slanders these women by saying, oh, they're liars. They ne I never said it. I never stalked and harassed anyone. Like, the police report disagrees multiple times. Wow. So, like, I show all that on the video, right? And then later— um, story comes out, um, you know, obviously there were people on Carl's side who just like completely turned a blind eye. They were like, well, she wasn't good either. Maybe, but he didn't provide me any evidence. I would have put that in the story too. Right. Yeah. So they were just completely blinded to the fact that this guy did this. And I had hard evidence to show that he did do that. Um, and so then turns around and the two ladies, I guess, actually three of the ladies all went to a gym in that association. So one got a, they all got an ultimatum. Hey, either you're on the podcast or you're, you're in the gym. You can't be both. So one of the ladies was like, I'm on the podcast and just left, which is smart because it's just a hobby. Yeah. Like you're literally standing up all this. At first, this is what kills me about those two women, too, is they were like women empowerment. We're going to stand up against these men who are doing this and we're going to stand beside you like who was the victim while he's calling you a liar. We're here for you. We're going to stand in power. So they did the podcast with her, right? Then they get this ultimatum and the two, two of those ladies were like, uh, we're going to stay with the gym. Mm. So wait a minute, this women empowerment thing just disappears when the hobby becomes inconvenient for you. You know, there's more than one jujitsu gym. You can just go to another one. Like there's other places to train. So you're going to stay there with the people who are clearly defending this man. Like just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. You know, like I just, it, that's the kind of thing that sucks in this industry. That's what gets to me. It's like yeah. you think you make an impact and then that happens. And you're like, well, I did make an impact for those two ladies. But those other two ladies now, they they just yeah. they caved. I couldn't. I, you know, at that point when all of that was happening, I won't go too far into this to my conversation with my coach. But I had a family member who had been assaulted as a child that I just found out about just found out about the assault. And I was like, I can't stay here. How, how do I look her in the face if she knows that this is going on in the system that I'm a part of? Nothing happened at my gym. Nothing happened at any of the gyms here in South, in, in our area of South Florida. But just for me, it was 
enough is enough after it was like one and then it was two and then it was like now these guys are working in the gyms and so I you know I made a decision and and my co-host at the time was training at Wagner's he left and I and then my coach you know wound up leaving and and, and switching the name so um, I, I also want to say I say all of that and it you know the students do get caught up because mm. it's like what do you do I still have people from fight sports that come in and train at my gym it's no one was cut off. The name changed. No one was cut off. Some guys still come in with their fight sports gi on. I have nothing against them. I've invited Wagner back on. It's like, do you want to come talk about this? Yeah, you know, for I'm sure. here. For sure. He's not an enemy. You made a bad choice. I don't, I'm not crucifying you. I made a personal decision for myself, which wound up, you know, uh, I think causing a little, a little tiny bit of heat amongst people that were. In fight sports that I knew that again, you know, people cross train and come to our gym, but I didn't care and I stayed where I was and I, I never left and, and and so but again, you know, I, I've invited Wagner on it's like you you always have a place to come talk about this if you want to No, you got to talk about like to talk about this like you're yeah. not going to come on and we're just going to talk about jujitsu. Yeah, of course. That's we good. have to talk about this. If, <laughs> if it like was now Austin or in five years. Like remember Austin Powers when he meets that guy who has a big mole. And he's like, moly, moly, yeah, moly, moly. Like, you can't Elephant not talk in the about room. it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you got to talk know, about I, it. At the end of the day, the last thing I'll say about it, because, you know, obviously it's deep water when it comes to stuff like that, mm -hmm. is obviously when I name these people and I talk about these things, I believe that people are shades of gray. I believe we all are shades of gray. Everyone has done something they have probably could have done better or regret. Sure. And everyone has probably done something great. If someone cures cancer, and they raped five kids. They still cured cancer, but they still raped five kids. Yeah. So yeah. like, you can't sit there and pretend that people are either black and white. We're not. Yeah. Like, I, I'm the first, I'm, I'm a big piece of shit too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I can't wait till one day I fuck up, and then when I do, I'll do a McDojo breakdown about me. <laughs> Promise you. Like, one thing about me is I'll burn the house down with me in it. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's not, it's about making sure that people just have that information. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, yeah, this, this, if I do this thing, or I get caught up in this situation or go to this place... I'm making a bad decision that could reflect poorly of on course, what like, I'm doing. Right? Every time I go to like any place public, dude, yeah. like you know how many people yeah. I've gotten death threats from. Like yeah, yeah. I, I have a like I usually walk around with my backpack, but my mm. I felt like I probably wasn't gonna get popped out here. But my yeah. backpack has like a bulletproof vest slip in it. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody's gonna take a shot one day. Yeah. Like. Again, you'll just be proving my point that you're a yeah. big asshole. But at the end of the day, like I get death threats all the time. Like I don't take that lightly. Like yeah. people, some people will follow through. Now I'm saying right now, no one has attempted yet. But I've gotten what I feel probably close. Yeah. Like in a, you know, I set them. Oh my god. So I'm at the martial arts super show. Uh, it's like a more karate based, but I think it should have been bigger. Um, so I'm walking in one of the hotels and they have like this long hallway and the hallway was like on like a, a kilter, like very slight. So like I see a guy at the end of the hallway and I recognize him. He was somebody who was talking shit online yeah. and I was like, well, I got to walk this way anyway. Let's see where this goes. I was like, hopefully someone films it. So like <laughs> as I'm walking, right, this guy, like from the way the hallway was looked massive. I was like, oh shit. I was like, this sucks so bad. I was like, that dude's going to hurt me. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just keep going. So I keep walking. But like the way the hallway was, it was just because of the angle of the hallway. So as we get closer, he starts getting shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> so by the time we actually met, I'm like looking down. And like he, he, I think he felt the same 
Because he had like this look yeah. in his face, like, oh, I'm going to rip into this dude. Yeah. And by the time he got to me, his whole face changed. Because, like, I think a lot of people assume, like, I'm a really small guy. Because, like, yeah. most of the time, that's what you see. Yeah, you're right? only seeing that. I'm like 6'1, right? 200 pound dude. Like, yeah. I'm not like a little, little guy. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, I eat my Wheaties. Yeah. You know? So, like, <laughs> we wind up talking and we just had a great conversation. All that shit he was talking online. And when we met, he was just a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah really? it's like most yeah. of the time, like people are pretty chill. We used to call it back before the internet. I did a lot of sales. We called it the telephone tough guy, right? Real tough when you're just on the phone. Fuck you, stop calling. You know, I did like sales, so I was like cold calling people. Yeah, and they were like, "Fuck you," you know. But we we're like a oh, telephone tough guy. Like this guy could be like four eleven, you know, a hundred pounds, you know, wet with uh, <laughs> rolls of quarters in his pocket, but he's talking a big game like I'm gonna fucking kill you, you know. Plenty of people uh, can kick my ass. Yeah. If you're yeah. out there and you're like, I can fuck that guy, probably you can yeah. beat me up. There you go. You win. Don't care. Like that's that's not the measure or standard of to me what a man is. Yeah. Like, is that an important skill to have? Absolutely. But I treat martial arts like swimming. Like there's a time and a place where discipline or I'm sorry, my words just beat each other up there. Yeah. I'll start that over. <laughs> All right. So uh situation dictates technique. Right now, if I were to try to swim on the floor, I would look like a moron because that's not where you swim. The water is where you swim. So the situation dictates that I walk or run, right? Martial arts is the same way. You don't just go walking around beating the shit out of people. That would make you an asshole, right? That doesn't mean that you're a great person. That just means you have this ability or skill. Go to any jail on the planet and meet tons of people who could beat up people, right? That doesn't mean that anything about you other than you have a skill. So when it comes down to people like trying to pick fights and shit like that, look, man, I pick fights on with very specific people for a reason. I pick fights with the frauds, the con artists, the rapists, the pedophiles, the frauds. Those are the ones I go after. If you think you can kick my ass, you win. Congratulations. Yeah. I have no beef with you. I don't know who you are. You know, so that happens all the time. Yeah. Man, I fuck you yeah. up. Okay, cool. You did. Right. Oh, man, I lost. It sucks. My ego. Before, I, I don't want to, we, we've got time, and I'm, I apologize that we didn't bring it up. We got into such a good conversation. Let's talk about the book. If you want to grab, you got a couple behind you. Tell us about the book. Where, you know, what was the, what was the thought process? Why did you write a book? And, and just, you know, tell us about, uh, in general, what the book's about. Yeah, well, so I wrote Sensei's Bars and Scars. Um, funny enough, <laughs> A lot of people, again, don't know that I have, like, a pretty extensive martial arts background. Um, so You've been I, training since you were a 12. kid, right? Yeah, 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 so about 26 years now. Okay. And uh, when I was a kid, uh, I started martial arts because I got jumped by a group of kids because I was born with a cleft lip and palate. Sure. And so I was different. I got picked on and teased all the time. It came to a head when I was in eighth grade. Uh, I was getting picked on in uh, middle school or in the gym class. And they told me, hey, when you get out of this class, we're going to beat you up. And they were not wrong. They beat the <laughs> shit out of me. And so they beat me for five minutes. And the only reason I know it was five minutes is because they beat me from bell to bell. And that was a five-minute gap. Wow. Uh, the whole time, two teachers stood there, watched the entire thing, did nothing about it. Um, I got stabbed with a piece of pencil, too. Like, I still have, the, um, funny enough, I don't know if you can see it. Like, Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. A little yeah. discoloration in my finger because a kid went to go stab me with a pencil. I was like, ah, and he stabbed me in the hand. Yeah. Um, so how, I was, it was a brutal beating. How old are you now? Uh, but like how many years ago was this basically so 26 12, years ago 26 years ago wow so okay. um and then so i'm laying there bleeding my glasses were busted i'm all cut up and then uh i saw a pudgy figure walking towards me and uh, it was an acquaintance of mine and he had been doing martial arts for a while so he comes over he picks me up and we don't say really much uh he walks me to the nurse's office and he hands me a free trial class card and he goes you need this that's all he said yeah and so i took it put it in my pocket went home that night 
And I asked my mom, I was like, mom, I'd really like to do martial arts. Is, is it okay if I do this? And she said, maybe. And my mom is not a maybe person. Um, and so the next month I come home for my birthday, uh, get out of school. I rush in the door and there's a box and a cake. And I opened up the box and it was the only present that I had. And it was just a piece of paper. And I'm a little kid. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You got me paper for my birthday? So like I open it and she's like, read it. And I read it and she had paid in full for an entire year of martial arts. I was like, oh, man, like, thank you. So that first class of martial arts period was on my birthday that night. My gi was waiting there, went in, took class, and I never looked back since. Um, So it's about from that time all the way until uh, about 23. So there's like a huge gap. But from there to about 23, because I started fighting in a local nightclub called Plush when I was 15. And they did what's called patron boxing, which is not quite legal anymore so what they would do is they would take a boxing ring they put it in the middle of uh, a nightclub and they would let anybody sign up the night up yeah so the first dude i ever fought was 30 years old i was 15 uh my instructor was like yo you could fight but you have to leave right afterwards uh i saw my instructor set himself on fire in a nightclub that story's in there that video's on your instagram right you that have video's that. You on instagram have video so on that's instagram, a real yeah. story like yeah. i talk about that uh, i did a two-on-two fight that's on my youtube channel a piece of yeah. that is on youtube anyway because uh, that was like a, a two-on-two boxing match that was in there. Um, the riots that happened at that nightclub. I had to wow. disarm a knife one time. Um, that's in there. So there's like a lot of stories from my childhood and things I had to go through as a teenager that most teenagers probably didn't do. Wow. So it's a lot about that. I, I want to go back to I asked you about how old you are now because when you said you said the teachers just watched yeah. when you were getting beat up. I kind of feel like there was a point in in this in this country where teachers got involved and then they stopped getting involved i'm mm. surprised to hear you know 26 years ago that teachers weren't like nobody tried to break it up because now they're worried about i'm gonna get hit i'm gonna get beat up i'm gonna get sued you know like i don't want to get involved versus it could have been know, that I, yeah. I really don't have an answer for you i wish yeah. i i always wondered why they yeah. never did because that was like something that was you know as a teenager you know i'm, I'm getting nobody's beat up. helping yeah me. i'm like i'm like, laying there and like Talk I'm looking through the cracks of feet kicking me in the face, and I'm going, huh? Wow. Shouldn't they be helping? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I'll just cover up and try not to die. I guess you sons of bitches. Yeah. Like I was just laying yeah. there getting stomped out. Like this blows, man. I just don't want to get beat up anymore. So, but uh, yeah, like I did my first tournament a month after I started. I, all I wanted to do was I wanted to to compete. So I did a. I started doing a point karate at first because I started in karate. Um, and then I'm actually really grateful for those skills because they, they help out a lot. Point yeah. karate guys are really good at hitting you first. Okay. Um, so that's a handy skill to have, especially with boxing, kickboxing, MMA. Hitting someone yeah. first is a really particular good skill to have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like it was a wild time, man. And what I try to do like in the book is like I have like photos that go along with everything. Okay. And I know a lot of people when they start their chapters start with a quote. Um, I wanted to start with proof. Like, yeah. this is a photo. This is what exactly yeah. what happened. Like, there's a photo of my instructor on fire in that book. Like, yeah. you can see. Like, look, if you didn't see that video, which is. So you he lit himself on fire? Well, he didn't. Or did he get lit on fire? He, he didn't, yeah, he got lit on was fire. Was this like a like, demonstration? Or? Yeah, we used to. So, like, a part back then, that was when I first got introduced to these patron boxing. There was a guy named Bruce Chambers who used to run this place called Club Five in Jacksonville. And he was the guy that kind of, like, was the forerunner in town for doing this. And he would put on these amazing nights where, like, he'd put the ring in, anybody could sign up the night of, and he had an announcer who was also a comedian. 
And so that announcer would just be roasting people, trying to get them to fight. And if you were an asshole and got in the ring, he would roast you while you were fighting. <laughs> like, so you'd be there like getting beat up and then the announcer's like making fun of you. Like it was yeah. a rowdy place. Um, but my instructor was a referee there. And so kind of a part of the trade and the deal was, is that we did demonstrations gotcha. like at, in the halftime, basically. So we do like black light demonstrations with nunchucks and like stuff like that. And we do martial arts demos. And so we decided to do Devil Went Down to Georgia um, as a theme for a song. Okay. And there's a part in the song where he goes, lays the golden fiddle down at Johnny's feet. And for us, we had a paint pan full of Coleman's lantern fluid and our nunchucks, which had wicks for swinging nunchucks on fire. And we'd done this tons of times. We just never did it with a paint pan like that. We always did it outside. We always poured and did it. We'd done the fire nunchuck thing, just not this way. Okay. And as he goes to pull it, out of the pan, a little bit of fire gets on the ring. Well, his number two, his best friend, uh, head black belt, um, goes to stomp out that fire. Well, when he does it, he accidentally kicks the paint pan and it just hits Lee, all of it, which is a miracle to be honest, because there was a huge crowd behind him. So it's a miracle. No one else got lit on fire. It was just Lee caught all of it. Um, and then you can see him just like dive over the ring rope. He hits the table. Um, the paramedics were already there because there was a fight night. So paramedics were already there. And like, there's a, it's not funny. Cause like, it was a horrible thing. I like, I to see he badly burned or would, did well, it get like, put out right away? So they thought like the, the, what the paramedics had told him was like, when he asked the paramedic, how bad is it? When he was on fire, like after they put him out, he's like, how bad is it? They were like, it's the worst I've ever seen. Um, and so it was bad. He, he thought he was going to end up like Freddy Krueger was, was his words. He thought he was going to lose fingers. Um, and so he was like, thought his whole career was over. But, like, as they're putting him out, there was, like, some guy behind him with, like, what had to be, like, the strongest alcohol ever. Like, ever clear, one, like, something strong. So, as they're putting him out, he thinks, oh, I'll help. And he tosses it uh, on him, and, like, his leg that, goes back, back up. And so, uh, the um, one of the paramedics, because Lee was really close with all the people who worked there, and the paramedics were there every night. That paramedic turned around and just decked that down, bow, right in the face. And the guy apologized after he got hit. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, because he knew what he did. Wow. Um, but yeah, like luckily that Lee had a full recovery. You could not tell that he had burns at all. Um, he had wow. a couple skin grafts on his legs. Uh, but other than that, like pretty much 100% recovery. He was swinging fire like maybe a year later. Really? Yeah. Oh God, I really never want to touch fire. Again. Oh yeah. Like his his wife was not about it. But yeah. um, you know, but like you know, I, I give him credit, man. Lee was a super charismatic guy. I dedicated the book to him and my mother. The one who got me into martial arts and the one who gave me like a real love for martial arts. And, you know, he was always a dreamer and he was always somebody who wanted to do more and better and bigger. Um, Is he still with us? No, he, he still, passed away no. of cancer a few years ago. Okay. Um, Sorry. But, you know, I'm grateful that I had that opportunity to have such a open minded instructor who wasn't one of those like our way is the only way. He was yeah, always yeah, like, yeah. well, let's let's see how it goes. Let's let's work yeah. on that. Like if it works for you, do your thing. And that was like really encouraging environment. That's awesome. Yeah, he was a, well, he was a um, good dude. I, I, I told you when uh, we were on the phone, I don't read a lot. I'm going to read this. I appreciate I'm going to read your book. Um, I'm usually more of like a, a get on a road, go on a trip, and then throw a, an audio book on. But I I'm going to read this, and I'm going to let you know what I think. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming down. I know it was a long trip. I don't know if you got some time. We can go get some sushi if you want to yeah, get some lunch. Yeah, for sure, dude. I we'll do want to say one more you know? thing, though. Like, sure. I, I don't want to forget, like, this was co-authored mm -hmm. by Lewis Martin. Okay. So I want to make sure that he gets the credit the credit's due. Uh, Louis also wrote Tom DeBlass's book, 
And oh, okay. actually, Louis is going to be in our documentary because okay. Louis was a part of a martial arts cult. And I found out about him because he wrote a book about being in a martial arts cult. Oh, wow. It's called the that's how you met? Yes. Oh, wow. So, like, it's Holy funny because I already knew Tom. Okay. And then I already knew Louis. And then all of a sudden, Tom's book comes out. And I'm like, oh, dude, you wrote Tom's yeah. book? And he's like, yeah, man. I was like, well, want to help me write mine? He was like, all right. Did you already have the idea? Or was that like the It was the something I already had the, 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 the idea and the thought about how I wanted it to go. But really, at the end of the day, like I am extremely picky. Yeah. Like with anything that I put my name on or anything that I put my logo on. Sure. And uh, I know that could be hard to work with. And then Louie had to like deal with that. And yeah. uh, I get it. Like I'm very particular. It has to be done this way. And like with that kind of stuff, I don't ask. Yeah. I'm saying this is how it needs yeah. to be done. So I know that could be nerve wracking and I know that could be a pain. All so right. like Louie deserves Shout a shit to ton of credit. Lewis Martin, thank you so much for putting up with my shit um, <laughs> and writing yeah. a hell of a book because okay. we've been getting such good reviews. And I went chapter word by word. Yeah. And if it wasn't I, if there was a, a us instead of them, I made him change it. Like really? that's how particular I am. Yeah. Um, so it was very cool to see that he actually well, gave a damn that much to finish the project with me. Congrats. I'm I'm glad to see the continued success of of your brand. And I think we, we talked about it at the end of the last episode. I'm like, you you've turned into like this multimedia brand. This is great. I, I love to see it. Um yeah, continued success, man. And thank you for driving all the way down. Dude, anytime. Yeah. I'll drive down again. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. So uh, we're not going to do our drill down. We don't have time to do the drill down. No big deal. We'll do it next time. What? But uh, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. You can check us out at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, TikTok. It's Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Podcast. My personal IG is Uncle Milty BJJ. And everybody can find you at McDojo Life, right? If yeah. they've uh, they If they've... Uh, uh, or want to know about the documentary? They probably. I think you had to have been a do somebody. You so had to donate. You could to donate anything. Like you know, there was one dude who donated a penny, and I was like, <laughs> I gave, I gave his money back. But like you know, if you donate anything, if you've ever bought a shirt, if you've ever yeah. uh, donated like a badge on a live, anything, yeah. we let you write into the page because of okay. course all that money goes the, right the into the McDojo Doc was, yeah, yeah. Uh, was McDojo just for people life. that were involved in the beginning, right? That that donated. Yeah. But more people can, can yeah can because come in like and watch the journey. We wanted that to be something that was a perk. Okay. Um, to yeah. give them behind the scenes, but then we also understood that like All maybe right. people later wanted to be in, so we were like, well, sure. if you just donate like anything, we'll let you in because why not? Like okay. we'll let you have access. Any other shout outs you want to give? Anything? Uh, yeah. You, what else I, you got honestly, going on? Like at, as of right now, go check out our YouTube channel. We're yeah. almost to a hundred thousand subscribers. We're nice. at like ninety three thousand and some change. Very cool. YouTube is way better than our Instagram, to be honest, because yeah. the who, what, why, when, where, all that stuff is covered in our breakdowns. And I get to like roast these people, which is much I, more fun. I, I, on a little tiny side note about the about the YouTube, you were going back and forth with somebody on Instagram. Somebody was like commenting on the video, and you were like, "Wouldn't it be interesting for you to get the full context somewhere?" All right, <laughs> yeah. right? It was like go Every to the YouTube. You're you're judging me and commenting yeah. on just this post. Thank you to Feito IT and AV, specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, CCTV, POS, and more. Check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. 
You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a jujitsu dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. Go look at the yeah, I'll, go I'll look at the story. Write, like I'll, I'll make a news story and it'll just have the headline like every news story ever. Yeah. And then underneath it'll be like new brand new McDojo news on our YouTube uh, channel. Link in the bio and people will be like, "What is this about?" Like, huh? I They're wonder. commenting without any if context, only, right? If only there was a place where I could get that information. Where would I go? I saw that this morning. Like, I, was, I thought it was hilarious. And then people get mad at me for roasting them. I'm like, I called out the pedophile for you. You're welcome. Now all you have to do is click a button, and you're too lazy to do that shit. You suck. You were a terrible human being. Get off the internet. You're the reason it sucks. Uh-huh. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Peace, love, jiu-jitsu. Us. <laughs>